with a relative humidity of 70%. And please be advised the very hot weather warning is currently enforced. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and your guest presenter is Philip Wong. Today we're talking about government plans to subsidize people to get screened for hypertension and diabetes. It's a pilot program that's part of a broader strategy to build a primary health care system that's more focused on disease prevention rather than treatment. The plan calls for people aged 45 or over to get screened by family doctors for just $120, with the government pushing up $192. Patients who are actually diagnosed with diabetes or hypertension will get further subsidies to offset the cost of further consultations and medication. So, what do you think of this chronic disease co-care pilot scheme? Will it encourage more people to go for health screenings? Is the proposed subsidy enough? After 9.45, we'll find out why it's so easy to fall asleep on the bus. And let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk. Or give us a call on 233-88266. Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line Dr. Douglas Chan, a member of the Hong Kong Medical Association. He's also a non-official member of the Kowloon and New Territories South District Health Centre Governing Committee. And uh, Alex Lam, Chairman of Hong Kong Patients' Voices. We'll also be joined in a moment by Dr. Henry Young, Council Member of the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. Good morning, um, Dr. Chan. Good morning. And good morning, Mr. Lam. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the on Backchat. Um, now, Dr. Chan, the uh, pilot program will uh, focus on screening hypertension and diabetes for people aged 45 and above. Is that a good place to start? I think it's just a good place to start. Um, all through the years, um, the government has been trying to push uh, forward primary care um, to the general population. And uh, this is a small step they're taking, which is, which is good, um, in the sense that um, uh, more people will have the, uh, uh, the desire to take care of their own health, and hence um, uh, better public care, and hopefully that will also uh, relieve some of the health care burden uh, from the government and, 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 and in the community as well. And what's the reasoning, uh, Dr. Chan, to start with uh, 45 years and above? And also the reasoning for just choosing, because chronic diseases, there are a lot of types of different chronic diseases, uh, starting with uh, hypertension uh, or diabetes. I, I think it is a starting point or a convenient starting point, okay? Why they chose diabetes and hypertension, a few reasons, okay. First, these two conditions are uh, very common. The prevalence is very high, okay, as high as one third of our population over 45 has either hypertension or diabetes. Um, So the high prevalence. Secondly, these conditions have quite severe sequelae. They can have have very uh, substantial adverse effects such as they can stroke, you know, heart disease, you know, kidney disease, even um, peripheral vascular disease, and even eye problems, okay? So these are conditions that are important and severe, okay? So there is another reason why they chose it. 
And another reason is for practicality. Um, these two conditions can be easily measurable uh, as far as the outcomes are concerned. So you can measure the heart, the blood pressure improvements if they have hypertension. You can measure the glucose or the HbA1c improvements if they have diabetes after treatment. So um, that's why I think uh, they chose um, this two conditions. Um, and also, uh, because these two conditions are so common, um, we, it would implant a seed in the general population to take care of their own health. Um, that's why I think. There are, of course, other issues that are also important. For example, other conditions like psychological conditions like um, uh, old age, prevention of fall, etc., etc. But um, I think they take it one at a step, okay? So we start off with this one. I think it's reasonable. Right. Uh, let's go to uh, Alex Lam from Patients' Voices. Good morning, Mr. Lam. Good morning. So, so listening to all of that, I'm, I, I, I assume like a, a patient, I mean, this must be great news for patients, right? Well, I, I think it's good news um, because... Uh, uh, finally, that uh, we we have a, a scheme which uh, um, not only attract but uh, induce people to uh, participate in their own health by joining the scheme. That uh, they they may have to pay a, a small sum of money, but we we always say that uh, everyone will have to uh, have the responsibility of taking care of their of their own health and not to seek uh, medical help uh, when the, they got the disease and hoping that the government or the public sector to cure the problem. So it is the, uh, I think it's a good start that uh, they, they induce people to join as early as possible uh, because um, we, we always encourage uh, early detection leading uh, early treatment if you uh, have the disease. Uh, and it is uh, very popular uh, in Hong Kong that uh, almost nobody can avoid this uh, either or both uh, <coughs> disease if you live long enough. Right, and what do you think of the level of subsidy? Well, I think it's reasonable uh, because uh, the joining fee is, is only uh, $120 for the, uh, the screening process. And after that, uh, every consultation, uh, the patient will, will uh, pay $150, which is around uh, half of the, the usual consultation fee <clears throat> for a, a minor uh, sickness in, in private clinic. And the government will be subsidizing uh, uh, another uh, $162 uh, subject to, to uh, change uh, in future. But, but for this amount of money, I think it's everyone is, is able to um, well afford. And I believe that, that this, this scheme is, um, is targeted to uh, uh, the mid-level uh, patients. Uh, and that uh, the beauty of this plan is that uh, if you go to the public sector, you either go to a public clinic or public uh, hospital for, for um, consultation, and you may have to take um, um, a day off uh, for you know a consultation. But if you are going to the private clinic, then perhaps uh, you you go to the clinic after work, then um, uh, or at your convenience, uh, uh, this will be convenient to to um, the patients. 
All right. Uh, let's uh, now bring in um, Dr. Henry Yeung, Council Member of the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. And good morning, Dr. Yeung. Good morning, everyone. Thanks uh, for joining us on the program. So, so earlier, um, Dr. Douglas Chan, he was talking about uh, the uh, new uh, pilot scheme and uh, the, the chronic disease co-care pilot scheme, and uh, he was saying that uh, he believes it will help uh, relieve the uh, burden of the uh, healthcare system. What's your view on that? I mean, how much will it actually help? Well, uh, because of the Hong Kong aging population, we foresee that there will be a lot of patients suffering from chronic illness uh, in the future, in the near future. And actually, uh, we have to make sure that uh, these patients, those suffering from the, this uh, hypertension, diabetics, uh, will recover in this scheme. And actually, we have the statistics that uh, if there is a one case of DM or hypertension, there's, a, there's an unknown case of uh, DM hypertension, which is not diagnosed. And this scheme for uh, for screening for such diseases, I think is a, a big step by the government to uh, to building a preventive healthcare, uh, you know, um, signal to the population to make sure that they have to uh, care for themselves in a way that the in in and the, and the government will subsidize this uh, uh, screening process. Uh, according to this uh, release information, uh, with the uh, uh, subsidy of the government in the first screening for these diseases, I think um, this amount of money about uh, uh, actually up to three hundred something per consultation. I think the private doctors or your family doctors can absorb uh, for the first visit for screening, and later on if there are. Uh, patients who are screened to have such hypertension, uh, DM, diabetics, mellitus, then uh, the subsequent follow-up uh, treatment, uh, the subsidies together with the co-payment amount, uh, amounting to maybe about uh, 300 or, or even up to 400 per, per uh, consultation, that may be enough if those patients are suffering from simple diabetes or simple hypertension, that will that require uh, not too much medication, but if this patient requires, um, uh, no, you know, uh, such uh, complicated uh, with complicated uh, uh, drugs or new drugs, then that may be not enough uh, with this amount. Then I think that the government should uh, give make, make a leeway in that the patient may choose to have uh, uh, better drugs for his illness if such things happen and they're negotiable between the doctors and the patients themselves. Uh, Dr. Young, you're also a council member of the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. So th- for this particular scheme, uh, how much will it uh, benefit the uh, Chinese practic- practitioners and Chinese doctors? No, I think uh, we, we are the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. Actually, the, the main, uh, mem- the, the most of the members are uh, Western medical practitioners. We are not Chinese medical practitioners. Oh, at I apologize. All, you know? Oh, I was referring to uh, Dr. Henry Young. Yeah. Oh, I see. Thank yeah. you. All right, and uh, Dr. Young, just going back to your suggestion of uh, a levy to to uh, allow patients to have a choice to pick uh, more uh, expensive drugs. Um, so, so the the cost will actually go to the patients. Basically, the patients will just have to pay more, and uh, the government won't have yeah. to subsidize more. Is that your suggestion? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. That, that's just because uh, this is a, is a, actually happening. The uh, HA system, in fact, if the patients choose choose to have better drugs or more expensive drugs, there's a, there's a least 
that the patient can, if they can afford, uh, after the negotiation, the patient get these drugs from the HA of outside, uh, with, with, uh, paid by themselves. This is already practiced in the HA system already for a lot for years, and there's a uh, this uh, so far so good process practice. All right, but right now we're talking about uh, patients suffering from uh, diabetes or hypertension. Are you talking about uh, these two illnesses or these two medical conditions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, right. we are just talking about the three conditions: okay. diabetes, uh, hypertension, right. even uh, hypercholesterol, hyperlipidemia. Okay, yeah. Mr. Lam, what's your thought on that? Well, I think, uh, of course, it is um, the patients have choice to get a better or more suitable medicine that would, would, would be very good. Uh, however, we, we have to understand that uh, the, the scheme uh, will um, involve a large amount of money because uh, it covers uh, everyone at the age of uh, 45 or above. So I think that would be a rough guess that may be over half of the, the Hong Kong population. Uh, for for this scheme, I think that will be uh, quite a substantial uh, financial burden. So if you are uh, talking about uh, special drugs, which may be very expensive, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm quite certain that the, the government is, is not prepared to pay for this. But for this scheme, for the patients that uh, they, they already get, uh, if you pay $150 for each consultation, and that covers the drugs, so, uh, I mean, the essential drugs to, to um, the, the treat the uh, medical condition. I think this is uh, uh, good enough for, for the patients. But uh, I, I also believe that, that those drugs that are prescribed to, to patients should be uh, able to, um, to cover most of the, the, um, the, the patients with this uh, kind of uh, two cancers uh, chronic diseases. All right. Dr. Chan, what's your view yes. on, on that suggestion? I mean, should uh, um, patients be given more, more yes. choice when it comes to diabetes and hypertension drug treatment? Yes, right. Um, uh, two points I want to raise. Uh, firstly, um, the government may have to spend uh, uh, more if the patients require more expensive drugs. But uh, primary care uh, throughout researchers all over the world, studies all over different countries, have been proven is the most effective way of delivering health care to the population. Primary care can actually save secondary care and even tertiary care expenses. So the government is actually trying to balance spending more on primary care and prevention rather than on tertiary care, on, on hospital uh, treatments. And this is the right direction to do all over the world, in China and every other Western country. So money spent on primary care schemes like this, okay, should be enough or sufficient to make this goal happen. Right, the first point I want to make. Second point, um, yes, there are ex uh, more expensive and better medications. Uh, for diabetes and uh, hypertension, um, that is uh, better uh, for the patients. And these medications are not on the list that the government are willing to supply to uh, doctors to give the patients. Now, um, the, the present list uh, is very primitive, okay? And for diabetes, some of the drugs actually do more harm than good to, um, to the patients. Uh, I'm sure most of us knows. Um, so if we discuss with the patients that, okay, on the list of this 
uh, on this list. Okay, we can give you one or two medications, but if your condition is not well controlled, we would recommend better drugs, maybe more expensive, and the patient would have to pay for the extra cost. Now that is probably the um, the, the essence of, of this scheme. Um, we do not want to charge the patients uh, exact amount and give exact medication accordingly. We want to be flexible. Okay, we can give better better drugs and then ask patients, you know, discuss with them and then whether they want to pay the extra amount. Uh, Dr. Young, um, so apologies for that early wobble just then. But I, I want to ask um, regarding family yeah. doctors and private, clini uh, private clinics now. With this scheme, will the family doctors need more support in terms of knowing uh, what kind of medications to provide? Because I, I, I assume in hospitals, they will have the latest you know, medications and information, whereas pr uh, doctors in private clinics, they might need a little bit more support on that. Yeah, actually, uh, for every doctor uh, or join the scheme, they should have uh, uh, joined a, a continuous professional development and should be in the primary care directory. And actually, actually, we are we are learning uh, along with the with our practice. And if we look into the list of drugs that the government proposed in this scheme, there are very few. Actually, just like Dr. Chen said, in the list of drugs for the diabetes. They are using very form, very, very, very old drugs, mm -hmm. and as, namely the sulfuric urea, which is, which is doing more harm than good to the patients. If we, we give it to the patients with suffering diabetes, actually we are in the private clinic. We don't use these drugs already. We use the new drugs that they are doing better for the long-term health of the patients to make them uh, suffering less complications than those with those uh, old drugs. You, you see, th that's why I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that if we are entitling these patients in the first place, we have to make sure that they uh, they have to receive the most appropriate treatment, especially when they're young, because they're a long, long time to go to 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 to, to care for them. And actually, you get going backward with the old drugs and what, <laughs> what was the was was the aim of our of our being a, a continuous continuing educated in the, and, and, and remaining in the primary care registry for that purpose and we are using old drugs uh, even though that we know that old drugs are, are, are worse for the patients that's why I want the government I want to ask government if we are doing better for the patient the patient has the choice to choose and also to, 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 to spend this money on the new jobs if he wants to. Is this, is this going to be well received by, uh, this scheme will be well received by the private uh, clinics and uh, family doctors? I mean, will they be worried that they might have uh, more workload to deal with? Um, no, I think uh, the workload is, uh, is not, 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 not heavier at all. If we are thinking of uh, about uh, uh, four to 6,000 uh, private boxes uh, in the market. Uh, that means uh, if we uh, make a diagnosis of more patients out of, uh, you know, uh, we, are, we are talking about uh, one and half the patients are not diagnosed nowadays. If we make that, that the patients known, to, uh, then I actually uh, a calculation that the, the each clinic may have uh, on the average 10 patients more at most. And I think that we can bear with that.
Right. I just want to go back to what uh, Dr. Chan was saying earlier, how uh, patients uh, can have a should or should have a, a choice when it comes to what drugs uh, to use, but then they will have to pay more money themselves. And uh, also what um, Alex Lam said earlier about uh, how uh, the scheme uh, will uh, um, help mainly the middle class or patients in the middle class. So, so I mean, from what you two are saying, does it mean the scheme would just uh, would help a certain patients more than others? Dr. Chan? Uh- Yes, yes, I can, I can uh, speak a little bit more. Um, now, this is another uh, point um, in the scheme that, to me, is, is, is still needs uh, improvement. All right. Um, if um, now the, the patient have to pay one hundred and twenty dollars uh, in screening and one hundred fifty dollars for a consultation. Um, now, it may seem small amount to most people in Hong Kong, but for the lower class or the grassroots people, $120, $150 is still money to them, okay? And their free service in the government, okay, if they go to the general outpatient clinic and if they are in the lower class with social um, support, uh, social uh, fee waivers, then they don't have to pay a penny, okay? So, yes, uh, this scheme is for the middle class people, okay? Um, but it would create a um, sort of um, a, a class conflict, whatever you call it, okay, uh, between different sectors of people in Hong Kong. So uh, I would suggest the government to also consider um, giving free waivers to lower patient groups, uh, lower income patient groups. Okay, so that they don't have to pay the extra $120, $150, they would be waived. Okay, if they they are in already in the social um, uh, security group. Okay, so um, there's one point I want to uh, to consider. Um, uh, We are providing healthcare to all people in Hong Kong. Right. Right. Mr. Lam, what's your view on that? I mean, the scheme just helps middle-class patients. And what's your view on the patients who, who are uh, from poor families? Well, um, um, as I said, $120, $150, maybe something to the, uh, the grassroots um, 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 patients. Uh, I, I agree. Um, but uh, I think that they, they also have another way of getting this service uh, with the public system. They are either paying less money or paying uh, uh, nothing at all. So, of course, the government may consider extending the plan to to those who are receiving social benefit uh, by not paying a dollar and joining the scheme. Yet, uh, they can still uh, go to work and take the convenience of uh, consulting a uh, private clinic. I think it's something the government may consider. Right. Uh, and and secondly, it is the first time that I hear from from uh, Dr. Yuan that uh, the actually drugs are doing more damage than than than, than the uh, latest drugs. Uh, I think the government will have to uh, uh, let us have more information about as to what kind of drugs that they are going to um, uh, prescribe to patients uh, if they join the scheme, whether they are doing harm to patients or whether they are the latest drugs, uh, whether they are drugs on the. Uh, the, the HA formulary, the drug formulary, 
that uh, they are getting the same or similar drugs uh, if they go to the public system that uh, we, we expect the government will provide us with uh, further information about that. Right, but you said uh, the, the uh, patients who are from uh, poorer families, they can uh, go to public uh, hospitals, but then they will have to wait, right? So that sort of defeats the whole purpose of uh, early diagnosis, early treatment for, for all. Yeah, it's an option open to them. I mean, um, if they pay this money, they get service. But as I said, uh, we, we hope the government may consider extending the scheme to, to those uh, who cannot afford to pay or who are uh, already receiving a social benefit to, to enjoy the scheme. All right. And, uh, and so you, you support uh, Dr. Chan's uh, suggestion of a fee waiver, maybe? Yes, yes. Okay, all right, uh, Mr. Lam, uh, we have to take a quick break for the news. Uh, let's continue our discussion afterwards in around uh, two minutes' time. And uh, if you want to ask our guests questions or share your views on today's topics, you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on 233 88266. Uh, and uh, here's a quick look at the weather. Mainly fine, apart from isolated showers and thunderstorms to start with. Extremely hot with light winds during the day and a top temperature of around 35 degrees in the urban areas. The uh, very hot weather warning is currently in force and the outlook extremely hot tomorrow. Squally showers on Sunday. Right now it's 31 degrees, relative humidity 71%. <laughs> It's now 9.30. With the news summary, here's Stu Pryke. Conservationists are urging the public not to approach a whale that's been sighted near Sai Kung because they might push it closer to land and put it in danger of stranding. Online footage shows what could be a bride's whale in the waters off Millionaire's Beach. President Biden has said the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, does not have the resources to sustain the war in Ukraine. Speaking after a summit with Nordic leaders in Finland, Mr Biden downplayed the chances of a lengthy stalemate, adding he believed President Putin would eventually decide it wasn't in Russia's interest to continue fighting. And Hollywood actors are to go on strike after talks with major studios and streaming giants collapsed. The Screen Actors Guild has been demanding increased fees for repeats and assurances about the use of artificial intelligence. Around 160,000 performers are expected to join the stoppage. And we'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. Why have so many online accounts and passwords when you need only one with I Am Smart? You can access different online services using the I Am Smart platform. Fill in forms automatically and receive personalized notifications. Access the online services of public and private organizations with I Am Smart. For more details, visit IamSmart.gov.hk. I Am Smart, the safe and swift gateway to online services. Brain, heart, lungs, liver, stomach. There are two more major organs at the back. Kidneys are low-key by nature. One in ten people suffer from kidney disease to varying degrees. Those with diabetes or high blood pressure or with family or past history of kidney disease are more at risk. It can be completely asymptomatic in the early stage. Regular checkups can help detect kidney disease early to avoid kidney failure. Let's care more about the kidneys for better kidney health. 
Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Philip Wong and me, Janice Wong. Still with us on the program is Dr. Douglas Chan, a member of the Hong Kong Medical Association, Alex Lam, chairman of Hong Kong Patients' Voices, and Dr. Henry Yeung, council member of the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. And uh, now, uh, I mean, we were talking about uh, the, the benefits of the uh, pilot scheme earlier and uh, also maybe some uh, 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 suggestions such as the fee waivers. Um, we can continue with that in the moment because uh, right now we have a caller, Mike, and he, he wants to ask uh, some of our guests uh, a question. Good morning, Mike. Mike, are you there? Oh, well, uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, get him back in a moment. So let's uh, just continue with our discussion. Um, before the news, we talked about uh, how uh, this scheme may benefit, may benefit uh, certain patients more than others. And uh, uh, Dr. Chan was suggesting a fee waiver for patients from poorer families. Um, Dr. Yeung, what's your thought on that? Dr. Yeung? Yeah. Yeah. What's your thought on that? I mean, earlier, Dr. Chan was suggesting maybe a fee waiver for uh, patients from poorer families. Yeah, I, I, I agree because actually now uh, in the government OPC uh, public, public uh, partnership program, actually they are, they are doing the fee waiver for those uh, who are financially difficult. Actually, the government is in, imposing this condition, this uh, partnership program already. I think the government would do uh, with the same principle, uh, with, along with the same principle with the co care system. Uh, Mr. Lam, I actually yeah. want to know about the current situation with in regards to uh, screening. So, before the scheme, you know. I guess initiates. What is it like? Is apart from you know the financial difficulties that some people may face, do they face like a long waiting time? What what is it like? Well, uh, I think it's, we all know that uh, if uh, your condition is stable, then the, after each consultation, you you will be given a, a large number of drugs, then the, you you go home and then come in for the next time. But, but for the special clinic, it depends. But uh, normally, uh, if it's a non-urgent case, you have to wait for years before you can uh, see a doctor. So um, I think the scheme has a uh, benefit of uh, sending the patient out of the, the public sector to the private sector uh, by uh, giving actually the same amount of money. I, I didn't mention about uh, that. <clears throat> If you are not receiving a social benefit, then uh, even if you're going to the uh, general patient clinic, you have to pay uh, $50 for the attendance. <clears throat> that, that doesn't include drugs uh, which charge uh, uh, $15 per drug, per kind of drugs. So, so, um, so you, you're probably paying the same amount of money if you go to public. Uh, but you have to wait for a long line. And uh, if you go private, that uh, it will be subject to your, your convenience. All right. I have an email here from CW, and uh, CW says, uh, screening for hypertension and diabetes, excellent initiative, need more preventive screening. And then he goes on to say, one thought, though, why not reward those for attending, say, a hundred Hong Kong dollars consumption voucher and suggest uh, a refer a friend program. And uh, that's from CW. So, Dr. Chan, what do you think? Ah, yes, yes, interesting. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, when I when I was uh, uh, part of the when I attended the part of the uh, uh, government um, uh, symposium on 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 this scheme, okay, 
they actually has this uh, awarding system in place for the patient and for the doctor. Okay, for the patient, why? Uh, if the patient can achieve um, or not achieve, uh, they can they give uh, a home lock of blood pressure measurings, uh, recordings, uh, blood uh, or their uh, blood uh, glucose levels recording. Okay. Uh, and they get that certain um, uh, bonus. Maybe after a year, you know, uh, I, I, I can't remember now, it's maybe $150 uh, uh, for this. Yeah. Sorry? $150. Okay, right. $150. Oh. 150. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I'm not quite sure of the amount, but something like that, okay? Um, so that um, they don't have to pay the explicit, something like that. Okay? Right, but, but it's not in the um, pilot so scheme. It is, it is. Oh, is it? Is. It? It, is the, it is. Yes, yes, yes. It is in the, after one year, after one year, okay, if they do this, okay, they would be awarded under dollars And also for doctors too. Okay, if a doctor, you know, uh, after one year, the patient's um, readings in terms of blood pressure, in terms of their uh, glucose levels, HbA1c, uh, etc., improves, then he also get, I don't know, about $200 as a bonus, okay? So uh, the award system is already in place uh, after one year uh, of this scheme. Um, uh, uh, if the award system is also you know, converted into, you know, healthcare, uh, healthcare voucher or other expenses voucher, then yeah, uh, right. it would be the best better. <laughs> All right, and we have a caller on the line, Mike. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Good morning, um, Mike. Yes, can you hear me now? Yep. Somebody pushed the wrong button. Um, I volunteered with the Good Samaritans uh, before COVID. Probably 10 years, we'd go up to the mountains in Vietnam. And we carried on this um, uh, hypertension and diabetes examinations with hundreds of village people for pennies a patient. For pennies a patient. And this looks like, you know, tell me, the doctors know that they just take a blood pressure and a glucose test, um, they're well covered with $150. All right. And as far as medications goes, go to website, Dr. Lamb, uh, learn how to eat, and you can take care of 90% of the people that have type 2 diabetes. Okay. Education takes care of a lot of the problems, and but it seems as though we're only talking about, you know, selling drugs, medication, and should, of course, keep our doctors in business. All right. Thank you, Mike, for your call. And uh, yeah, Doctor Doctor Chan, what do you think? I mean, he, he's saying uh, that uh, I guess he's suggesting that uh, maybe um, it could be cheaper um, for the for the hypertension uh, check and the blood pressure test. Um, now, uh, we, we, uh, all through our discussion this morning, we missed a very important point of this, of the public care, um, this public care initiative is the health care center, H, uh, BHC. The health care center is now all for Hong Kong now, all for all the districts in Hong Kong, all right? So part of the, um, uh, 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 scheme is that the H, the DHC, uh, the healthcare, uh, the district health center, uh, these also play a very important role to the whole scheme. Okay, they can refer patients to us 
uh, if they screen them and have problems and they want doctor to confirm a diagnosis, etc., and we can also refer the patient back to them for that that dietary advice, for physiotherapy, for exercise description, etc. Okay, so um, yes, not all patients need medications. Okay, they can improve with diet, with exercise, and DHC would play a very important part. Okay, now. Um, uh, the uh, whole scheme is not just about um, um, screening and treatment with medication. Okay, it also involves a lot of changes in uh, behavioral um, uh, behavior as regards uh, health um, uh, problems. So this is also another point very important. Now, um, this money that uh, we are talking about, okay. Um, I don't think it is high at all, okay? In fact, I, don't, I think it is a bit low uh, for some of the private doctors to join this scheme, okay? Uh, if they can put it up uh, uh, 20, 25%, it would be even better. I'm sure more doctors would join this scheme um, willingly. Uh, I mean, um, uh, to make this scheme to work, Okay, uh, we have to recruit people from the community, patients. Okay, they try to diagnose them early, and also we have to recruit more doctors in the community to join the scheme so that they make the scheme work. I mean, just imagine there's only a hundred doctors who join the scheme; it wouldn't work. Okay, because you know the, uh, the, the population don't have a choice; don't so, have so, a doctor who's near them. Right? So, how many doctors so, yeah. have joined the scheme? I don't know yet. It's not. It's not rolled out. Right, but then, yes. but then the, the yes. doctors who join the scheme, they have to be registered before, right? Uh, in yes. a in the yes. primary care directory. Yes. So, so yes. Are, yes. have many have many doctors been uh, registered in the primary care directory? I think it's about uh, two to three thousand at the most. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Lamb, actually, uh, yes. The caller, Mike Distan, he actually said something about. Um, at actively going into villages in Vietnam yeah, to do screening. Yeah. And that just made me think as well. Is, is that, do you think that would be a good idea? Um, you know, if we're talking about expanding the scheme, would this well, be a I good think, idea? I, I think a lot of NGOs in Hong Kong are, are doing this already uh, for, for people who cannot afford uh, getting a, a private consultation as well as uh, public. So uh, I think this, this organization are doing this uh, um, 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 uh, already, and then uh, um, the private sector. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, you, you, you can say that uh, there's a lot of money for 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 <clears throat> getting uh, consultation, getting treatment in in the private sector by paying some money. But I, I think it is uh, the system in Hong Kong that uh, if you uh, we have a safety net system that uh, no no one without money can uh, will, will be excluded from the medical uh, service that uh, they can still get the uh, the service in the public sector. Uh, of course, waiting time is is a question, but they can still go to the the general outpatient clinic for for consultation and get the drugs free of charge. Um, um, for, but for this scheme, as I said, as I said uh, this is uh, primarily, I, I believe, that it is for uh, people of middle class 
that uh, they can pay for the uh, consultation fee, uh, which is not a, a, a very high level. And of course, uh, people who are working uh, will probably, you know, uh, get the medical insurance from their yeah, employer, and this may, you know, um, save them some money. Um, yeah, I think it's a good start. That uh, of course, the scheme may may have a further area that uh, we require the consultation or improvement. Uh, as I believe that the the government is uh, getting more um, uh, advisors or uh, comments, and uh, they actually call me for a meeting next week to talk about the scheme and uh, something else. Thank you, and Dr. Young. If we're talking about yeah. expanding the scheme in the future, um, it's already a good start. But obviously, I think we could expand to, for example, more different types of chronic diseases like cancer and maybe even lowering the age from 45 to 30. That way I can join as well. <laughs> well, I think uh, if we can expand it to age less than 45, so much better because uh, we, we are, they see uh, disease occurring earlier than before than we predicted. Actually, in the pandemic uh, period, in the last three years, we have seen uh, cases of uh, something like a herpes zoster occurring in age only four that we haven't seen before. That's, that's very, very, very interesting uh, during the pandemic uh, uh, period. I think uh, this, this uh, diabetes, mellitus, or even hypertension can occur earlier than 45. Actually, in my clinic, I, I also uh, detect some patients, even at the age of 25, develop such a disease before. And uh, I think the government should think about that in the long long term. Yeah. And actually, we can expand our, our uh, screening, uh, not only for chronic illness like uh, DM and diabetics. And one of the most important uh, diseases nowadays in Hong Kong is uh, anxiety, neurosis. That's why we see a lot of violence in the city and some suicidal tendency nowadays. I think the government should spend more money in this aspect to some of those patients who are suffering from neurotic disease and we can, the, 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 the doctors can help in the long term. All right, I just want to go back to uh, Dr. Chan earlier. Um, you pointed out a very important point that uh, the scheme, the actual pilot scheme, it will... Uh, um, not only help patients who are who are already a diabetic, but then they, they will help patients identify and treat their illness early. It can uh, also help uh, prevent patients from developing the disease or, or medical condition. Do, do you have any idea how many uh, patients the scheme will, will actually be able to help? Um, actually, uh, me, me. sorry. Dr. Chen? Yes. Um, uh, we don't know the exact uh, amount yet, okay? But I'm sure it's very significant, okay? Because the, the patients at 45 years old who are prone to this disease and didn't take uh, any, any initiative to, to uh, go to the doctor and check, okay? Patients, for example, patients who have a very strong family history of diabetes and hypertension, patients who are obese or, or fat, okay, uh, with a tummy, fat tummy, okay? These patients are prone to, to diabetes and, and, and hypertension, all right? Um, if we can identify them early, uh, as Dr. Young just mentioned, uh, as early as possible, we can treat the, the condition early and then prevent the uh, um, subsequent um, uh, adverse complications, uh, as I just uh, before. So, yes, uh, I hope more will come to, um, uh, to be screened.
Right. And Dr. Young, at uh, what, I mean, what age range do people usually find out that they are diabetic or, or that they have a hypertension? Uh, actually, the, uh, <laughs> this, uh, when, 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 when we are uh, after the graduation of school, we see this patient's uh, body and hypertension only old age. But nowadays we see this uh, disease occurring earlier and earlier than we have expected. I, I think the government should, uh, should have to uh, think over and wait over uh, whether this screening exercise is uh, the best for what age. I think they have to, to get all the figures for those age uh, range for the disease uh, incidents before yeah. they can plan ahead to yeah. go to 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 to, to, to you know to, uh, to 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 change the age limitation or age uh, when we start the screening. Uh, earlier than uh, 45 years. Right. I was just asking because I was like looking at the Legco paper um, uh, that uh, introducing this pilot scheme that will be discussed later today. And it said uh, people aged 45 and above with no known symptoms of diabetes or hypertension will be invited to join. So I was just uh, wondering uh, approximately how many people would be eligible. <laughs> but you don't I, have an idea. I think over half of the population will be eligible for that, even because uh, you, you know, nowadays, uh, for those uh, uh, people over the age of 65, they already occupy about 20 to 25 percent of, of our population. If we include above uh, 45, then the half of the total population in Hong Kong will be included. All right, uh, Dr. Jung, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. And that's uh, Dr. Henry Young, Council Member of the Hong Kong Chinese Medical Association. Also many thanks to Dr. Douglas Chan, a member of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and also Alex Lam, Chairman of Hong Kong Patients' Voices. It's now 9.49, and in a moment, we'll find out why it's so easy to fall asleep on a bus. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. Hello, I'm Michael Wong, the Deputy Financial Secretary. For the past 95 years, our THK has shared a common journey with Hong Kong people. Going forward, I trust that our THK will continue to provide Hong Kong with more programs that are rich in content and that can move our hearts. 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. Now, I don't know about you, Philip, but uh, occasionally I doze off on buses when I don't get enough sleep. But according to a new study by Hong Kong Chuhai College, there, are, there, there may be more to it. And uh, to tell us all about it, we're joined on the line now by Professor Lewis Lam, the head of the Department of Civil Engineering at the university. Good morning, Professor Lam. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So, um, why do many commuters fall asleep on buses? Sorry, I missed your question. Sorry. I was just wondering why do uh, so many commuters fall asleep on buses? Hello, Professor Lam? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there was a connection problem. Okay. Is it okay now? Can you hear me? It's okay. I can okay, hear great. You okay. Oh, uh, Miss uh, Janice was asking, what, "What's why do why do commuters fall asleep on buses so easily compared to other uh, public transport?" Mr. Lam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the the, the signal wasn't so good. All right, I I uh, I could not 
hear the I clearly hear what uh, I mean the question was right yeah well it's about the I mean the study or oh. about why we carry out this uh, research with the uh, by the students. Yes, correct. So, yeah, so the, yeah. Qu- the question okay. is, we want to want to know why the why the commuters sleep uh, on buses more so than other uh, transportation. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Now maybe I briefly will uh, answer your question. I, in fact, I the air quality in uh, public transport system uh, has been uh, bothering uh, citizens for quite a long time. I, in particular, in the past, I. Uh, there are uh, passengers right, in the public, what we call public transfer interchanges, right, complaining air quality. Right? Now, the idea came to us that, well, what about the air quality on the buses and also in the uh, match, uh, I mean, uh, MTR train cars? Right? So we initiated some students to carry out study in these uh, two types of uh, uh, public transport vehicles, right? Uh, well, in the past, right, this type of study wasn't so convenient because of the lacking of suitable uh, equipment and devices, right? But after the, I mean, the development in technology, like the introduction of Internet of Things technology, for which uh, our college, right, has, uh, well, gone quite to, uh, up to an advanced uh, level, right? So we deploy our students, right, carrying out those internet uh, or things-based devices, right, to go up to, uh, well, double-decker bus, the upper deck, to measure the air quality. And the journey starts from the, well, I mean, the point where they, uh, before they bought up the bus, until they, well, uh, come back, right? So, the, in particular, we are concerned about long journeys. Long journeys, I mean. Well, so, well, uh, something we discussed initially, very interesting, was that the uh, air quality, the, in particular, the carbon dioxide content, well, on the upper deck of a uh, double-decker bus, was higher than inside the train car. And initially, we, it puzzles at well for a while, why such a uh, phenomenon was detected by the devices? Wasn't it that the devices were wrong or uh, the calibrations were wrong? So, well, in fact, this phenomenon was discovered uh, in the academic year 2019 and 2020, right, about three years ago, right, but due to the outbreak of the uh, COVID, right, well, we dare not, well, I, I ask our students right, to go into the public transport system and stay there for uh, too long a period. Right? So we conduct the test right, uh, by about uh, February this year, right, when the government has released right, the uh, requirements for wearing uh, masks right, uh, for the, uh, the passengers. Right? So the so, Professor Lam, so, yeah. so basically you did uh, some tests on the upper deck of uh, buses. Yeah. Um, so what did you actually find? Well, what we found was that the air quality, uh, I mean the carbon dioxide content, right, was about three times, nearly right, three times as high as what uh, is uh, classified as wood air quality, the content of carbon dioxide. 
in uh, good quality indoor air quality. Right, that was one uh, important finding we uh, have observed. So many people. So are you saying many people who fall asleep uh, on buses on uh, the upper deck is because of this uh, carbon dioxide level? Uh, this is an interpretation uh, interpretation of the data by the uh, common people, right? And we do not have direct support, right, of whether or not this is the major cause, right? However, based on the most recent studies in literature, I mean, people under high carbon dioxide uh, and uh, circumstances or uh, inside this uh, uh, environment, right, will but sometimes it depends of, of course, right, the reaction of individual people, right? Some of them, the reaction would be uh, quite vigorous, right? And we'll find drowsy and uh, a lot of uh, what we uh, side effects, right? Where when they stay too long in uh, environments with a high carbon dioxide content, right? That is, well, the, uh, I mean, the uh, related material, right, in the literature, uh, recently, we find, and well, the correlation uh, was well uh, based on this side. Uh, but however, the study, of course, I uh, need further development, or we need to carry out further study. Maybe right now we have big data and artificial intelligence uh, technology. We can employ them, employ them to carry out further study to confirm why uh, this correlation. Right. Thank you. Uh- and in, in terms of the carbon dioxide level, how does the lower deck compare to the upper deck? Well, the lower deck is about uh, 5 to 10% lower than the upper deck. Yeah, uh, it's consistent, the results, right? because we have carried out quite a number of studies right, uh, on the long journey uh, buses, right? uh, asking our students uh, not, and also including our uh, teachers, right? to go along with the students, walk into, I mean, in, uh, at the same time, uh, upper deck and lower deck, and c- carry out the measurement uh, instantly, right? Because we are using Internet of Things technology, the data, the data right, that uh, was collected, were collected, right, could send out immediately in real time. So they are in sync with each other. So that that makes the comparison possible. Uh, Mr. Lam, I'm actually very interested in this uh, topic, mainly because I take a specific bus route, which is uh, run by uh, two different companies. And I find that every time I sit on one particular bus company's buses, I always fall asleep on the, on the upper deck rather than the other company. Now, did you do any like, research into seeing different like, you know, um, results? Did you see different results between different uh, buses, the different bus companies, etc.? Well, uh, it depends on because now uh, we have carried out the, of course, right, that we eliminate or initial study, right? And what we have done right now, it has proved that our investigation is feasible and could be carried out. Right? The phenomenon, as what you quote uh, just a moment ago, right, is not uh, a big surprise right now, right? Because right, the uh, when you fell asleep, right, if it were uh, the real cause 
of uh, All right, uh, Professor Lam, um, unfortunately we're out of time. We have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Professor Lewis Lam, the head of the Department of Civil Engineering at Hong Kong Zhuhai College. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today and to our guest presenter, Philip Wong, and producer, Angie Mann. Back Chat will be back on Monday with Jim Gold and Mike Rouse.